Yeah, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And as we open it up today, Lord, that you would speak to us. We, amen. We are starting in on a section of the book of Romans, which um, gets a lot of interest, and it's Romans 9, 10, and 11. Romans 9, 10, and 11. Often it's talked about as the section about Israel. Well, sort of, but mostly it's about God. It's like sometimes the Old Testament and the heroes of the Old Testament people say it's about them, uh, the heroes of the faith. Well, they were a mixed bag and, and they had good days and bad days. You know, the real hero of the Bible is God. He always has a good day. He's always good. He's always faithful. He's always just. And so actually this is about God. God is the hero. In chapters 9 to 11 of Romans, God is mentioned 26 times. Paul uses the Jew only twice, but uses Israel Israel 10 times. Why, Why is that so? It's actually because it's about relationship, not race. It's about relationship, not race. It's about the covenant, that the aspect of God and his people, that agreement, God's covenants, God's agreements with his chosen ones. Last week we ended with two incredible verses, Romans 8, 28 and 29. It says this, Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor any powers, uh, neither the present nor the future, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Jesus. Isn't that good? Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus. Whoa, that's the peak of the mountain. And now I'm going to take you down to the depths, right down below the depth, right into a coal mine, right down low, and this is it. Romans 9, verses 1 to 9. Romans 9, 1 to 9. I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying as confirmed by my conscience in the Holy Spirit. I have deep sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. I have deep sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my own flesh and blood, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption as sons. Theirs are divine glory and the covenants. Theirs are the giving of the law, the temple, worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them proceeds the human descent of Christ, who is God over all, forever worthy of praise. Amen. It is not as though God's word has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor because they are Abraham's descendants are they all his children. On the contrary, through Isaac, your offspring will be reckoned. So, 
It is not the children of the flesh who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as offspring. For this is what the promise stated. At the appointed time, I will return and Sarah will have a son. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my own flesh, the people of Israel. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my own flesh and blood, the people of Israel. So there's two words for today. First word is the pain, the pain. I tell you the truth. I have this deep pain, this unceasing anguish. If only I could be cut off from God in the, in the stead of my people. Now, Moses had the same thing, Exodus 30, 32. If I could only be cut off for, for my people. So what is all this pain and sorrow about? It's about his people, his crew those that he has descended from. You know, Romans was written round about AD 56 or 57. So we're about uh, two and a bit decades into the church now. And a pattern was emerging, deciding to see something, and it would continue. And the pattern was this, that the Gentiles were saying yes, they were getting it. When, when the gospel was preached, they were saying, yes, this is right, this is true. But on the other hand, in general, not entirely, but in general, the Jews were saying no. Paul's very own people, his tribe, his folks, his brothers, his comrades, they were saying no thanks. And so this pattern was emerging. Paul's very own people, the ones he would have loved to see come to Jesus as a fulfillment of all that God had promised, all that he had hinted in the Old Testament, it was now coming to fulfillment, but they were not saying yes in general. But the Gentiles were. And there were some Jews in the churches, but, but as time was going on, they were getting dwarfed by the huge Gentile response, the non-Jew response to the gospel. And for Paul, that hurt like crazy. His very own people. So we're entering a section of three chapters of Romans, and it's about this pain, dealing with the pain of the physical descendants of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, rejecting Jesus as the fulfillment of that heritage, of those promises, of the covenants made to the patriarchs. You know what? That pain is ours too. That's with us too. We have to deal with that pain too. That those ones that we love, that we'd love them to say yes to Jesus, many of them are not saying yes to Jesus. Those of our own whanau, our own friends, our own family, iwi, hapu, um, 
whānau, workmates, teammates, uh, schoolmates, playmates, our neighbours, siblings, parents, children. How do we deal with that? <laughs> We'd love them to say yes to Jesus, but there's this pain that actually they're not yet. And actually there's a, there's a one real bad way of dealing with that, and that is to change our theology about God and to say, actually, uh, another name for God is Santa Claus. And what happens with Santa Claus is right at the end, he just changes his mind and he loves anyone, everywhere, uh, everyone, anyway. All good. But actually, God of the Bible is not another name for Santa Claus. They are two different things. What we have to do is actually embrace that pain. That pain of the ones that we love not saying yes to Jesus. The pain of being a follower of Jesus despite our crew not sharing that path. Yet, the pain of the loneliness of my crew, my tribe, my people not getting it, not saying yes to Jesus. The loneliness of being a follower of Jesus. Do you know what I'm talking about? Romans 8, 28, 29, that's true. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's true. But what is also true is this pain, the next few verses. And it hurts like heck. <laughs> I want to sh uh, share uh, three examples. <clears throat> One of our children has applied to go to a, a, a Christian boarding school next year. And on the application was asked, uh, what do you want to do that? And he said, um, all through his schooling so far, he has never yet had a Christian friend in his class. Uh, example two, presently in all of Charlene's extended family, on both sides, her mother's side, her, her father's side, she only has one second cousin who's an active Christian. In all her extended family, only one. In West Africa, example number three, West Africa, we had this lady after a few years, she came along to our, our little church. God had um, appeared to her dramatically in her own house after she was fasting and praying after a, a problem. And um, God revealed her, himself to her. As she came along the first few weeks, she would just go like this and smile and smile and um we got to hear her story, and she thought this, and her tribe was a Fulani tribe. There were about one million uh, in her tribe out of 70 tribes in the country. And she thought that she was the only Fulani who believed in Jesus in the whole world because she'd never come across, she'd never heard of anyone else. She couldn't believe it. There were a dozen. <laughs> and, but the pain is real. 
of being that minority of those that we love not saying yes to Jesus yet. And what do we do with that pain? How do we deal with that pain? We need faith, faith that God is good, that God cares, and we can pray for those that we hold dear, that they would be chosen by God and that they would choose God. We need to have faith in the midst of that pain and be resilient with that pain in the midst of us. Luke 18, verses 1 to 6, is a parable of a persistent widow. And the reason for this parable being told is said right at the outset. It says this, Jesus told a parable to show his disciples they should always pray and not give up. In other words, persevere in the pain. Uh, can, I, can I say this? It surprises me and worries me at our lack of prayer as a church. And I know that you do pray for parking spaces. And you pray for your family, for your kids and spouses and brothers and all that. Uh, but it's good to come together and also pray for the brothers and sisters in the faith. Uh, to pray for those that are not in the faith. To pray for our country. And here's a, a couple of opportunities, if you would like to do that. The first Wednesday of every month, we meet together to pray together corporately, uh, 7.30, first Wednesday of every month. 8.20 to 8.40 in the little room, when there's little room there, we meet to pray for the services here, um, those that would like to do that, 8.20 to 8.40. Now... I know that those times are not convenient. Can I tell you this? In many other places throughout the history of the church, the faith has not been convenient. Even today, the faith is not convenient. Uh, five years ago, February 2015, on a Libyan beach, the faith was not convenient for these guys would not renounce their faith in Jesus, 20 of them, Coptic Christians. Every Coptic Christian will have a, a cross tattooed on their left wrist, I think it is. They were given the chance to renounce. Many places in the world, the faith is not convenient. Will we pray together? We need to persevere in the pain, even when it's not convenient. The pain. And now the promise. The promise. Romans 9, verse 6 to 9. It is not as though God's word has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Nor because they are Abraham's descendants are they all his children. On the contrary. Through Isaac, your offspring will be reckoned. So it is not the children of the flesh who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as offspring. For this is what the promise stated. At the appointed time, I will return and Sarah 
will have a son. And I believe uh, the te reo Māori is a better translation of verse 9 at this point. He kupu whakari hoki tēnei. Kupu whakari is more like, it's more, more than a promise, it's like a prophetic utterance. Supernatural insight into what God is going to do. What's going to happen. He kupu whakari hoki tēnei ki a taka tēnei wā ka haere mai ahau ka whānau he tama mahera. The promise, verse 6, not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. So Israel was the name for Jacob, the father of Joseph, who had 11 sons and two grandsons that, what, that, that became the basis of the 12 tribes of Israel that came out of Egypt, um, then out of Egypt led by Moses. And the Levites didn't have land. They, they were the, the priestly tribe and they shared bits of the other tribes. But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's about the promise. that, that f- The first promise, Kubu Fakari, was to Abraham. Genesis 15, verse 6. I will return, and Sarah will have a son. I will return, and you'll be with child. We had this dropped on us as well. Um, Charlene and I in Africa, we were, it's 2003, uh, we had been married nine years, wanted children, no children had come. We'd had uh, prayers and tears and uh, medical intervention, no children. And at that time, we just got to our place of uh, ministry and all hell broke loose. Um, trouble in the team, our team leader sent home for misbehavior um, Team members were leaving, and as hot as Hades, hot season 40 plus, and uh, a couple of African pastors, they decided they wanted to come up and encourage us, and so a couple of them came up. One of the couples stayed with us, and another with another missionary couple, and it was Uncle Joe and his wife. They stayed with us, and they're praying for us. And um, he said this, Uncle Joe said this, he's a Ghanaian guy, and he says, I will return this time next year, and you'll be with child. And I thought, being a man of faith, oh, yeah, mate. (laughs) Yeah, right, we've had it all. Uh, But he was right. Uh, Next next year, 2004, November 2004, we had uh, our firstborn, and we named him Isaac. <laughs> Abraham's first son was not the son of the promise, actually. His first son, Abraham and Sarah got impatient, and Sarah gave her slave girl, Hagar, to Abraham. And they had Ishmael. But the, the promise, the kubufkari of God, was not centered on Ishmael. Ten years later, Abraham was 100. Sarah was 90. So naturally, this was physically impossible to have children. But Isaac was born to Sarah. Verse 8, so it's not the children of the flesh who are God's children. It is the children of the promise who are regarded as offspring. Not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. 
So there are people that are physically descended from Israel but have not embraced the promise. There are others that are not physically descended from Israel that are the spiritual Israel. Galatians 6.16, the Israel of God. This is the children of the promise. Abraham believed God, and he had some, sure, he had some faith wobbles, but Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God in the promise. We have the pain, and we have the promise. The pain and the promise. How do we embrace both the pain and the promise, the kubufakari, that, that divine utterance of God, of what is going to happen. And the answer to both is faith. Faith in the pain means to persevere. That your crew, the ones that you love, your friends, your family, your whanau, your playmates, your workmates, your neighbours that have not embraced, and you are lonely in the Faith, because you follow Jesus, and that's painful, isn't it? It is, it is. But we need faith to persevere in that pain. And faith in the promise means to have patience. Patience while we wait for that promise to be fulfilled. We we learned a great thing from a friend with she was using with her children we've taken it on board and and sometimes in families you know you make promises to your children and they have memories of elephants and they will say you said and uh our friend she says sometimes to her children uh i'm just gonna have to bank that promise not saying it's not gonna happen just that it's not gonna happen right now and so uh, one of our best bribes, you will not hear this at the Fano Forum, one of our best bribes is uh, for one particular child is McDonald's McFlurry. When all else fails, we'll pull out that one. And, <laughs> and uh, sometimes those circumstances change and we have to say, um, actually, we cannot buy you your McDonald's McFlurry right now. And that child will say, No, we used to promise, and that's not forever. And um, and so we'll say, you know what? Even in this COVID world, uh, heaven and hell will pass away, but McDonald's will always remain. <laughs> you will receive your promise at just the right time. And if God has promised something, it will come about, even if we have to wait for it for a while. He will. He will. What he has promised, he will fulfill. What he has spoken will come into being. And we're going to uh, pray today. And uh, whether it's for you, it's the pain or the promise. We're going to pray right where you are. You can stand up. We can put up your hand. If um, if you want to say yes to Jesus in a special way today, you ha- you've never said that. Or you need to say that again. Come up the front. 
if you want to um, be prayed for the, for the uh, pain of those that you love that have not said yes to that, uh, you can stand up and just say the pain, or if you um, have something you feel God has spoken to you, it hasn't come about yet, you want prayer for that, stand up, and those around you will pray for the promise, all right? So just stand up now, we'll put on some music, Sha. Uh, as Carl was speaking there, I somehow my mind went back to uh, speaking in Fufulde, which is the language of the Fulani, and I was thinking of that phrase, Kupu uh, Fakari, you know, Maori, the Maori phrase, a prophetic utterance. And somewhere out of the recesses of my mind comes the Fulfulde phrase, Alla Jomirado, Kokara in Halamada. Lord God, give us your word. Give us a word. Give us a word. Give us a divine utterance, something, one for another. Give us something today. In Māori, that's even further back there somewhere. <laughs> and all the languages I know, they all get mushed up, so I'm good for a correction any time. <laughs> but I felt that I think this is what it is. E pā, Father. Hoatu kiamato he kupu fakari. Give us, Father. Father, give us a word. Give us a word, a prophetic utterance today. So that invitation is genuine. Stand. Are you needing a promise fulfilled? Or are you in the midst of pain and you're wanting to see people come through and into the Lord's family again? Or those who have walked away and come back. People who just haven't got there yet. Let's just stand. Stand now. And if the Lord has given you a word for someone, give it to them. Okay, I'll pray. I'll pray. And uh, if you'd like prayer, people just, just stand up and put up your hand. People pray. Prayer, aren't you? Thank you, Lord, for, the, for your beloved here. Your beloved here. And as they ask for um, your divine input today, that you would do that as we um, pray for them. And your mighty name. We know you're a God of love. Nothing can separate us from your love. And even now, even now today, as we go into the future, Lord, uh, these ones would know your love. Yes, Lord. Amen.